listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from a foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am currently happy to be standing upright. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Cascade Locks, Oregon, for at least another month and a half, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Whoa, whoa, or again, or again. Or at least two months, I guess. They're keeping him there. They're keeping him there, folks. He's staying in Oregon. I... I did not sell my house, so we are we're going we're going back to square one. Square we're, one. We're gonna make it sellable and then sell it. <laughs> make Oregon great again. So that's you know we we had uh, um, Nancy and Ted listen to our podcast, and Ted was out in the Northwest for work. And he, he came by our place. And the first thing he said was, wow, it is beautiful here. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, it is like, I, I can't, I can't deny that there are definitely, uh, the mountains and the trees and the rivers and waterfalls and all the rest. I will miss for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, unfortunately the scenery, and weather does not make a, a community in a lot of ways. So, but if, if it did, you know, I think more people would live up here. It's pretty awesome. Yep. All right. Well, Tim, should we jump right into it? Let's do it. All right. I got I over prepared. So here we go. Oh, oh, I didn't even hit. I did not hit the open all links button. Let's see if it works for me. And it did. All right. So James Corbett talked to Whitney Webb on her Unlimited Hangout podcast on China. And people should check that out. China Wall Street. Um, well, what's the full title? Uh, talks. Talks China and unlim- on Unlimited Hangout. James Corbett talks China on Unlimited Hangout. Yeah, and then there's the Odyssey video has a, a China Wall Street and the new global, and then it cuts off. But Economy with James Corbett. Global economy, okay. So that's uh, that would be the place to go see it on Odyssey slash library, the library app there. And uh, or just from, from James's website. So it's very a very good interview and his take on China. Uh, I wanted to mention right off the top today because um, I th- I think it is important. There's there's two options that are given to us on China and neither one of them is accurate. So one of them is uh, China is evil, controls everything, and we should go to war with them. 
and the other is China is wonderful and more capitalist than we are, and all the bad stuff about them is made up, and they're they're going to save us from the new world order. Okay, so and as James has pointed out, and um, quite a few different of of the stuff he's pointed out, neither one of those is correct. Uh, China, you know, lumped right in there with uh, Kissinger, with the Rockefellers. Uh, with the New World Order system. So when when you see these supposed fights between China and the U.S. or, you know, just these military buildups and what have you, it's actually all, the, all part of the same club uh, working together to oppress and control both the American people and the Chinese people and everyone else in the world that caught in between. So I think that's important. And it is related to someone who, who we're going to talk a bit about who I really wanted uh, to do more of a comprehensive takedown. You know, the, you always hear stuff about Fauci. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is putting out a book about Fauci. Uh, Judy Mikovits has written books on him like there's a lot of information and yet Fauci's boss Francis Collins kind of slides right under the radar and hopefully that's coming to an end so the National Pulse uh, put out a story today on the news that he is resigning that NIH director Francis Collins is resigning Um, and I thought they raised some good points I won't uh, people should check out the article because each one of these um, six scandals that they mentioned, they go, they have different full stories for them. So this is just kind of a synopsis of those uh, issues that you probably won't hear in the mainstream media about why Francis Collins is resigning. All right, I get it. Francis Collins, director of the U.S. National Institutes for Health and one of the leading public voices during the COVID-19 pandemic will step down from his role following a number of investigative reports into Collins and his underlings. Appointed by President Obama in 2009, Collins issued a statement this week saying, I fundamentally believe that no single person should serve in the position too long and that it's time to bring in a new scientist to lead the NIH into the future. But it is unlikely Collins's belief in a revolving door at the NIH that has prompted the move. Rather, with pressure mounting on key public figures such as his minion Anthony Fauci and arms-length brother-in-arms Peter Dajak, it is worth looking at what the media won't be saying about Collins this week. Number one, Francis Collins advises Chinese military proxy link group working alongside COVID-19 gene storage firm. I think we talked about this story at least briefly. So national... NIH Director Francis Collins serves on the advisory board of a conference sponsored by a Chinese military-linked genomics firm. The D.C.-based health industry bigwig and boss Anthony Fauci has even referred to the controversial company's founder as a friend. BGI Genomics has been flagged by U.S. intelligence officials for its robust efforts to collect, store, and exploit biometric information on American citizens through COVID-19 test kits. According to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, 
the firm has deep ties to both the Chinese Communist Party and its military. Scandal 2. Collins admits funding Wuhan Lab. We had no control over what they were doing. Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the NIH, appears to have directly contradicted his his underling, Dr. Anthony Fauci, in a bombshell moment from an interview with Hugh Hewitt. The revelations further implicate those who approved U.S. grants to the lab and the EcoHealth Alliance run by the British-born Peter Daszak, who the National Pulse first reported on back in February. And number three, evidence. Fauci's boss signed research deals with Chinese Communist Military Front. All right, and that communist Chinese Communist Party run military front. Uh, let's see. Oh, I thought they would have the name. Oh, National Natural Science Foundation of China. Sounds so innocent. Just natural science, Tim. All right, number four, investigation U.S. funded over has funded over 250 studies for Chinese Communist military researchers. So these NIH grants um, have gone to (laughs) the Chinese military. Great. Uh, Number five, America has given millions for research at Chinese communist-run facilities since COVID outbreak. So this has not stopped since COVID-19. It's only accelerating. still ongoing. And number six, this is interesting. should be bigger news than it is. U.S. National Institutes of Health fires 54 researchers as ongoing investigation reveals 93% of them failed to disclose links to Chinese Communist Party. So the NIH, the foremost research institute under the auspices of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, has investigated 189 researchers for undisclosed ties to foreign countries, 93% of which were linked to China. The fresh round of terminations resulted from an ongoing investigation at the taxpayer-funded NIH into the failure of grant recipients to disclose financial ties to foreign governments. All right. In reality, accountability in a post-COVID era is what likely shuffled Francis Collins off from his otherwise immortal coil at the top of the NIH. Not that the corporate media would ever tell you any of that. And said corporate media... Uh, an example is this Politico article, which this is how they covered the story. And I mean, Politico is not like CNN. It's not the worst mainstream media publication, but uh, see if you can spot some talking points in this article. All right. Francis Collins to step down as NIH director by year's end. The 71 year old physician geneticist led the agency under three consecutive presidents, making him the first presidentially appointed NIH director to serve in more than one administration and the longest serving NIH director. His departure, first reported by Politico on Monday night, had been in the works for some time, one person familiar said. And then it's got his quote about no single person should serve in the position too long. During the coronavirus pandemic, Collins has been on the front lines urging Americans to wear masks and get vaccinated. While Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert and President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, became the most visible advocate for the administration's vaccination efforts, the Biden administration has increasingly put Collins on network shows to urge vaccinations 
and defend the booster strategy. This is the way it ought to be, Colin said about the Food and Drug Administration's decision late last month to limit boosters to certain vulnerable populations for now, despite the Biden administration's pledge that boosters would launch broadly by September 20th. Science sort of playing out in a very transparent way, looking at the data coming from multiple places, our country, other countries, and trying to make the best decision for now, he said on Face the Nation. During Collins' 12-year tenure, the NIH budget grew by 38% from $30 billion to $41.3 billion. Collins proposed a series of ambitious initiatives directed at all these issues that they solved and cured, including... Alzheimer's disease, cancer, opioid use disorder, rare diseases, and the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, wait, they haven't cured any of them. All worse than ever. Um, President Joe Biden called Collins one of the most important scientists of our time in a statement Tuesday, adding that he was among the first government officials he asked to stay in his role amid the pandemic threat. I was grateful he answered the call to serve, even though it was asking him to stay on the job longer than anyone in NIH history. Today, I understand his decision to step down from his post at the end of this year after an incredible and consequential tenure, Biden said. Well, clearly Biden didn't say that because that's a a clear sentence. Um, (laughs) Someone wrote it for him. All right. And issued it in a press release. Eric Topol, founder and director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute, hailed Collins' contributions to biomedical science, writing on Twitter, I am saddened to see him stepping down and want to express the deepest appreciation for decades of leadership. Collins will continue to lead his research laboratory at NIH, which is studying the underpinnings of type 2 diabetes and developing new genetic therapies for a form of premature aging known as Hutchinson-Guilford progeria syndrome. No idea what that is. Um, Goes through some... So let's see, where did he go to college? He went to University of Virginia. Possible intelligence connections there. A graduate work at Yale. Interesting. And enrolled at the medical school at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, which is that university. And uh, is it Ralph Barrick is uh, very much involved in the whole, you know, where did the bioweapon come from discussion um, then went on to posts at Yale and University of Michigan eventually identifying genes for cystic fibrosis and other disorders oh so we've cured cystic fibrosis oh okay uh, Collins has spoken at length about his conversion from atheism to Christianity and penned a book in 2006 called the language of God a scientist presents evidence for belief A year later, he founded the BioLogos Foundation, a group that aims to reconcile religion and science and argues that God created the world through evolution. In 2009, he left the organization after President Barack Obama nominated him to lead the NIH and was sworn in after being unanimously confirmed, yada, yada. Uh, During his tenure, Collins had drawn the ire of anti-abortion groups, those evil anti-abortion groups, that opposed his support of using fetal tissue in medical research. But he emerged politically unscathed, an immensely popular figure on Capitol Hill. Collins has also made efforts to reach out to the religious community through his career, which continued during the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, you got the idea? Yep. 
Yeah. All right. Seems like an interesting person. Yeah. So, so BioLogos, which is his organization. So, you know, he's 71 years old. He converted, I'll put that in quotation marks, uh, in 2005. And in by 2006, he's already like, you know, starting organizations, this BioLogos thing. And let's just say I'm very suspicious. To me, this has George W. Bush, I became a Christian walking with Billy Graham on the beach, written all over it. And I think he just drew the short straw and they're like, hey, you know those dumb Christians who don't believe in evolution? Uh, You're going to pretend to be a Christian to go to communicate with them. You seem like a a a nice nice believable man. We're gonna you get you get to be the the Christian. So um, that sounds a little harsh, but uh, maybe after we play some clips in a minute, um, people will see where I'm coming from there. So here's an example of the work put out by BioLogos. Okay. This comes from over a year ago, August of 2020. It says, Beyond Plandemic, a Christian Response to Conspiracies. If your social media news... Okay, I'm getting... All right. I haven't haven't heard too much yet to rile me up, but here we go. (laughs) If your social media news feeds are like ours, then they have been chock full of conspiracy theories about the coronavirus and our government's response to it. We see many of our Christian friends considering conspiracy theories, if not believing them, at least listening to them. Why are conspiracies so appealing right now? It's like you can almost just tell me what the rest of the article is going to be right from that first paragraph. Yes, but who who wrote this article? What does this have to do with him? So so this is from BioLogos, from the head of BioLogos, Deborah Harzman. This is his organization. Got it. And you're gonna you're gonna hear the exact same talking points from the interview with him um, that happened a couple months after this article came out. So the pandemic video has captured wide attention with its false claims about COVID the COVID nineteen pandemic. The film stars Judy Mikovits, who used to be who used to be a re- legitimate medical researcher, but has since fallen afoul of the scientific establishment. She promotes the view that vaccines are harmful and that the novel coronavirus was manipulated by genetic engineers. (laughs) Keep in mind, that was still a conspiracy theory back then. Uh, The the video was removed from YouTube, which for some only provides evidence of how deep the conspiracy truly goes. And it doesn't take long to discover that Mikovits' work was properly discredited. Also, last week, there was a viral image going around Facebook claiming that no employees of Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, or Kroger have tested positive for COVID-19, so it is ridiculous that small businesses have to remain shut. Did you ever see that? I never saw that. No. Like, no one... I I never heard that claim. This is the, the straw man, right? It is so easy to make or share such a graphic, and it seems correct to people who are frustrated that businesses are restricted. But a quick fact check shows showed actual news agencies reporting that many Walmarts have become epicenters of COVID breakouts and have had to be shut down. <laughs> it's like, okay, 
yeah, that that's the argument everyone went with was there's been no cases in Walmart. Like, please. Um, all right. We wish these kinds of conspiracies and spreading of false and dangerous information were limited to Facebook friends and fringe groups. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Christian leaders are also fueling the flames. As one example, several days ago, a senior leader at a prominent Christian organization sent out an urgent email about the pandemic. He made the disclaimer that he's not speaking for his employer in this, but his platform and credibility for his audiences comes from from there. His 2,700-word email was full of all caps, warnings, and conspiracies about the very evil people pushing fake science and fake medicine. His main argument is that Dr. Anthony Fauci and others are engaged in a demonic globalist hoax to deceive and control the population and lay the groundwork for a new world order. Add in further links like a lecture on the Illuminati. This is not a conspiracy theory, but conspiracy fact. In a self ex- self-filmed expose under a QAnon banner, and well, you have quite an email. Not only did the email contain advice that directly contradicted contradicts the overwhelming consensus of scientists and public health experts it urges prayer for people to rise up in peaceful civil disobedience against such guidelines oh no who would this talking about people like us tim Um, when christian leaders urge rejection of public health measures we need to be blunt about the impact their words can have An influential University of Washington model, cited by the White House recently, doubled the estimate for coronavirus deaths through August to a startling 137,000, with an upper range approaching a quarter of a million, largely due to decreased social distancing and growing death totals. Okay, yes, so the, the deaths are growing because of growing death totals. Makes perfect sense. This is serious and life threatening. Coronavirus misinformation recently found its way onto even larger stages. The Q Ideas Conference. Have you ever heard of that? No. No, neither did I. And it's nothing to do with QAnon. Or is it? I don't know. I don't, from this description, it's not. But the Q Ideas Conference draws thousands of Christian leaders each year to hear TED-style talks by the world's most prominent Christian leaders and thinkers, with thousands more reached online by videos of past talks. We applaud much of what Q has done over the years with thoughtful analysis of complex cultural issues from a Christian perspective. Unfortunately, this year, some talks fell far short in ways that were dangerous to public health. The Q leadership transitioned this year's event to an online-only virtual summit, billed as an opportunity to equip Christians for our current pandemic moment, yet two of the most prominent Double-length speaking slots were given to speakers who provided a stunning barrage of conspiracy theorizing and long-debunked claims. You'll never guess who the first one is. One one of these slots was an interview Q Ideas founder Gabe Lyons had with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a noted anti-vaccination activist. In it, Kennedy asserted, without challenge, a number of long-debunked falsehoods about vaccines, from the claim that vaccines aren't safety or placebo-tested, they are, to claims that vaccines poison children and cause autism, they don't. I'm retarded. In another double-length talk, Josh Axe, a chiropractor and naturopathic doctor who sells nutritional supplements online, touted the curative powers of various natural remedies, which he pitched as biblically-mandated immune boosters. 
God created your body to be able to fight off viruses, Zach said. You have to, you just have to follow his word and follow the principles in the Bible. Principles that, according to Acts, include oils, herbal supplements, and thinking happy thoughts. By taking this route, we'll show that we have faith in God instead of Where's faith in... Where's the happy in thoughts in the Bible? <laughs> Where's the think happy thoughts? I, I don't know. I, you can do oils. Actually say I'll it? take your herbal supplements. There is some dietary things. There's Where's the think better? Well... You, you know, that's, that's, that's more like the secret, you know, secret to happiness. The right. Secret. So this and I, I've I've never heard of this guy. Until um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego got out of the fiery furnace. They went in. Boom. Happy thoughts. Yeah. Happy thoughts. You, you know what I think where I think they got happy thoughts Where's from that? is from uh, Christians who have the gall of saying you shouldn't live your life in fear. So that. <laughs> I think is getting slandered as happy thoughts. But anyway, uh, they don't have an actual quote. They ha- they have the quote from him about uh, follow his word and follow the principles in the Bible. Would, they do how, they do not have a happy thoughts quote. How would you summarize his. the book of Philippians? Well, it's Paul in prison in Rome <laughs> thinking happy thoughts. Thinking happy thoughts. So, yeah. So I... I don't even think he really said happy thoughts. I think this is slander in the article, but I could, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, Lions gave enthusiastic support to these talks, but yada, yada, yada. All right. Uh, and then it gets down to promoting Francis Collins directly and talking about, um, Oh, let's just read that part. NIH Director Francis Collins, he praised his dear colleague and friend Anthony Fauci, whom he speaks with daily as the most remarkable expert in infectious disease in the world. So when Tony answers the question, listen carefully, Collins said, you're going to get the straight scoop. Tony is a truth teller. What a shame that Fauci has become the focus of so many misguided conspiracies. All right. All right. Um, Let's see. Oh, it even works in 9-11 conspiracy theorists later in the article, but that's that's probably good enough. So should we should we move to the the clips here? Sure, let's do it. it. <clears throat> so this is uh, Rick Warren. Yay. Yeah, who uh, is really good at making money and uh selling books and uh, monetizing some really low-level, weak, theologically empty um, kind of self-help books. I don't know. How how would you describe Purpose Driven Life? I don't know, man. I just... We can just move on the clip. Let's hear it. I'm excited. Let's do it. So he's talking with the aforementioned Francis Collins help them and show hospitality. And it is really an honor today uh, to be with my dear friend, Dr. Francis Collins, and be able to ask him uh, uh, some questions about this pandemic, particularly about uh, COVID-19 and the questions that you're always uh, asking and wondering about in your mind. Let me say a personal word about uh, Dr. Francis Collins. Uh, We have been friends, he and I have been friends for many, many years. I think we first met years ago when we were both speaking at the Davos World Economic Forum, and uh, we were two. 
Oh yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Remember back at Davos? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen to what he, how he describes their, their meeting there. Two of the two Christians that were actually there at the time. And, uh, we just hit it off and spent some time uh, together while we were there. I, I want to say, I personally know, uh, Francis Collins to be a man of integrity. Uh, he is a man that you stop it for a second. Um, he is sorry. Just want to point out first the world economic forum Davos. I also have to say, I found this interview via a woke preacher clip thing on, on he's got Twitter and a Facebook channel. So woke preacher clips is hat tip to him for, for digging this up. And, um, this particular clip comes from that, and then I, I <laughs> had to watch the whole interview, and that's where the rest comes from. But, yeah, World Economic Forum. And did you notice how he almost mispronounced in integrity yep. instead of integrity, which shows he's reading, right? I mean, this is, a, this is a script. And the other thing I wanted to point out about this interaction, so this is November of 2020. We didn't find out until later this whole federal government uh, program to work through faith leaders to get the vaccine hesitant to take the shots. Right. So my guess is this is one of the first occurrences. Now, I don't know if it was a direct payoff or if, you know, I'm I'm sure um, I'm sure his church got a lot, whole lot of that bailout money. You know, the, the locked in, stay locked down money, because he, he even talks about it in here. He kept his church locked down. They're still not meeting. November 2020, he's still not having church. So online only. All right, we'll, we'll finish up the, the um, very unbiased intro of Francis Collins here. He's a brilliant intellect. He is a widely respected researcher. Uh, you the script is below the camera. It's directly, it's directly below the camera. It, not only is it below the camera, I got an email from a former pastor of mine with almost word for word this exact script. This was, this is something that was generated by the NIH, and then they had pastors like, you know, you don't have to tell your congregations to take the vaccine. Just tell them to watch this this video from Francis Collins and make sure that they know that Francis Collins is head of the Human Genome Project and is a strong Christian. Da, 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 da. Very, very strong intellect. Oh, and brilliant. he's a brilliant intellect. Brilliant, brilliant yes. intellect. Brilliant. You probably don't know this, but you've heard of what he worked on. He led the Human Genome Project. And that project, of course, discovered the genes associated with many, uh, uh, a number of diseases. I can't not see it. Uh, this uh, this link will be in the show notes, but he is absolutely reading. <laughs> it's, he's barely looking into the camera. Yeah. He's just reading. And if, if you're... If you're watching this, if you should go watch the clip. That's what I'm it, saying. It'll be in the show notes. Because uh, in the background behind him, if you look at his light fixtures, like on the wall, 
It looks like an up to, upside down cross. If you look at it. I think that's a but, little much for me. That's the they're they're what are they called? They're uh mission style. It's a mission style you know, Californian house. This looks like fake candle type of deals. Okay. Upside down crosses. That's a little it's, I kind of right. see I kind of see it, but yeah, it's a little weird. But I think it's yeah, I don't know. It, you know I don't have it on like that one. Arranged on either side of his head. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is Rick Warren went into some room in his house and he's reading a script. I mean, you you you're giving way too much credit to this guy who's barely looking into the camera. This was clearly just like I'll just go in this room and do this thing. Cash my check. And we've made a lot of progress on these diseases because of the work uh, that Francis and his team uh, led on that. I want to assure you, he is a nonpartisan scientist, and on top of that. He's a Christian brother in Christ. And that's why I asked for the privilege of interviewing him so we could get this message out. You know what I like about doing shows with you, Andrew? What's that? Your Christian brother in Christ. And and my brilliant you, intellect. You have a Come brilliant on, intellect. And you're a Christian. Remember that time when we hung out and we were the only two Christians there? <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. Was that at Bohemian Grove? Yeah, no, when no, we no. were hanging out at Bohemian Mm-mm. Grove, or was it... Mm-mm. Uh... Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. G7. I mean, yeah, no. Dav- no Davos. <laughs> it was Davos. But remember yes. we were the only Christians? <laughs> I love that you're a Christian, by the it's way. It's not, like not like a red flag or anything. Like, maybe you're joining the wrong team there, but anyway, yeah. Okay. Hey, you're a Christian. That's what that's what I like about you the most. Also, I like I like where you go to church and that you're a brother in Christ. Because I really believe that uh, when a nation, a state, a province, a city, a community suffers, that uh, we are called. Uh, we we believe not just in the good news, but we believe in the common good, and God has called us uh, to help people in pain, no matter what. Now. I want to start, Francis, with uh, an update on COVID-19, and I'm going to pitch it to you uh, in just a second. As you know, yesterday, the day before we taped this, America set several one-day records uh, in the entire year. We've never gone this high in these numbers. We had 144,000 new cases uh, of COVID-19 in one day, 144,000 in one day. Uh, That's... uh, ridiculously high. We have 65,000 people in the hospital yesterday, just yesterday, 65,000. Over 1,400 people died yesterday. Now, let me put that in perspective. In 2020. That's just, there's the the intro that go into, you know, Francis Collins. He goes into the whole, uh, really bogus as far as I'm concerned asymptomatic super spreader thing like you don't know that you have it but you're out there spreading it to everyone okay so let's go to to the next one where he talks about the holidays because this is November 2020 mind you and yet we're back here same place uh, in October this year you know the recent Fauci says you can't have Christmas. Fauci says you might be able to have Christmas. Fauci says, uh, you know, check check back with them. He'll see. So, 
the same script repeating over again this year, uh, but here's the 2020 version. So I go out the door, not that it's going to protect me so much. It'll help a little bit, but it'll protect other people from me if I happen to be the one who's a super spreader. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We got so mixed up about masks, uh, Rick, and it became uh, sort of a sign of something other than public health, something that took on more of a political significance. That was really unfortunate. For me, as a non-political person, a physician, yeah. scientist, it just breaks my heart that something as simple as this, which you can sort of think of in the same vein as a seatbelt, just puts mm -hmm. this on in order to protect yourself and other people. It's so simple. And yet it became a badge of some sort, a yeah. declaration of some position that really never should have been attached to it. So I hope when people listen to this, if you have been in a circumstance where somebody's trying to tell you masks don't do any good, yeah. well, the data says the masks are the best thing we could do right now. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, is that? So there, there you go. Just, you know, he refers to data, yet there is no data that says masks work. You know, there's like the CDC study that they did in 2020 with like, there was a salon lady who wore a mask and a salon lady who didn't wear a mask and the salon lady who didn't wear a mask. Uh, well, she did get sick, but no one else got sick. Therefore, masks work. So that was pretty much no the data that he's referring to that's like proven. And, oh, I think, you know what? Um, I think the next one... Um, <laughs> well, the next one's some Rick Warren medical wisdom that's that's really impressive. But uh, there's a clip in there that I may or may not have for the. Oh my gosh, I, I gotta hear this clip. Let's let's let's, let's get to this. <laughs> uh, uh, more risky than even having a conversation because you're you're not wearing a mask. But also, we we tend to project those uh, those molecules when we're eating. Exactly, and all it takes is one person. Exactly. So you just go ahead project, project molecules. Yeah, so he's talking about how dangerous eating is, like, you know, at Thanksgiving dinner or what have you. And it's because we're projecting molecules, and the scientist's response to Rick Warren bumbling around saying, eating's really dangerous, even worse than talking, because we're projecting molecules is exactly that's science right there science science so thank you rick warren for your uh medical wisdom and well let's let's skip the um the next couple and go to 3647 and uh this gets into uh, the vaccine specifically. So he says, oh, you should sign up for a vaccine trial. And then there's this three W's thing, which I think we did hear at the time, but it never caught on. The three, do you remember the three W's? <clears throat> we win. <laughs> World, World War. No. World War. So <laughs> I, I watched this like two hours ago and I'm still having a hard time remembering them because they just really don't make sense. Never, never mind. Three W's. One of them is um, watch your distance. 
Like how? Oh <laughs> like yeah, watch your distance. Things. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. There you go. <laughs> Three W's. So so catchy. Rick, and that worries me the most is when you ask Americans right now, if we had the vaccine, would you roll up your sleeve? And about half of them are saying, mm, I don't really think so. I'm not sure mm. I can trust this. Yeah. This would be the greatest, saddest tragedy you can imagine if we have come up with a solution to get COVID-19 behind us and save all those lives. And people go like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to do this because I read this conspiracy thing on social media that said maybe there's a chip in that uh, particular vaccine that came from Bill Gates. I mean, stuff like that, which is out there all over the place, could potentially take what could be a really triumphal moment and turn it into a tragedy. I hope that doesn't happen when people start to see the data. Well, I, uh, I I agree with you on that, that we need to be patient and take time because I I figured not only just the, the, the rollout of the production, but also the rollout of the distribution uh, you know, it, we, we might take a year to get everybody out there. And and part of that is, as you say, the psychological resistance mm. that unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, this pandemic got politicized. And, uh, and as a result, uh, people start taking sides as if this was a political issue. It's not. And let me just say a word to priests and pastors and rabbis and other uh, faith leaders, uh, this is our job uh, to deal with these conspiracy issues and things like that. I remember uh, a week before the election, I heard on a Christian radio station, a Christian talk show guy, and he was saying, you know, this is all just a political plot. And the day after the election, the, the virus will vanish. So you don't really need to wear a mask. Well, I hope that he's changed his mind now that the week after we had the highest number of, of people who died, who were infected, uh, who got the got got the uh, the virus. And uh, when people say, "Well, this is all a hoax," tell that to the families of the quarter of a million people who died. Okay. And uh, empty chairs. Don't empty think about chairs. All the, think about all the empty you have chairs. Thanksgiving this year, you'll have empty chairs next year. So that's interesting, you know. If if I were in a different religion, and let's let's say you know I'm a Orthodox Jew, I don't I know if saying, I would really ap- appreciate Rick Warren like saying say. this is the job of all the priests and the rabbis <laughs> and the like. I was like, about to say the like, same like, thing. Who made like, you king, dude? I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, dude, I don't I don't know who you think you are, but no no <laughs> rabbis watching like, this video. Like, the the king of the religious the all the religions there Rick all Warren the rabbis, to decide, the rabbis this is oh. our job to deal with this conspiracy stuff and then he you know it's a straw man thing again it's the he points the uh, t- someone on talk radio saying something he doesn't even say like who which I suppose is that like being nice but it just makes it so you can't you can't go hear what the person actually said and see if there was a little context to that claim uh so this is you know it's uh there's there's one more and this is uh dealing with the vaccine and abortion issue because 
you know, Rick Warren's sensitive to the those in the pro-life community, even though he doesn't identify himself in that community, which is interesting. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't explicitly say it. He's just like, you know, because there's people and Francis Collins is like, oh, I'm sympathetic to those that feel that way. <laughs> like, well, you'll you'll hear his um, his very convincing response like, well, the abortion happened a while ago, so it's perfectly fine. So this hesitancy to be vaccinated, I, I really want to say this is uh, one of the responsibilities of faith leaders it is to calm the fears and to uh, tell people, you know, trust the science. That, that they're not going to put out a vaccine that's going to hurt people. And we and, and, and whatever it takes, it'll take that amount of time to get it tested and and done. Um, but we need to, uh, I, I, one of the verses I used this last week in my message uh, was out of Proverbs says, uh, the gullible will believe everything they're told. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh, it's funny. Okay. It's, it's I, funny I, because it's true, but not the way you think, Rick Warren. I, I hate that. <laughs> that uh, you. <laughs> do, you, do you hate Rick Warren yet, Tim? Mm. <laughs> close. <laughs> Join team hate Rick Warren. Um, but we need to, uh, I, one of the verses I used this last week in my message uh, was out of Proverbs says, uh, the gullible will believe everything they're told. <laughs> and we don't need gullible people right now, okay? We need just the facts. The Bible says in Proverbs, get the facts. Couldn't agree more. My friend, yes, couldn't, couldn't agree more. more. The government's not going to put out a vaccine that would hurt no, people. No, no, oh, no, they're not going to no, do no. that. We <laughs> we don't need gullible people right now. I, Could, I couldn't agree more, Rick. Okay, every life uh, matters to God. Every life is important. Um, so this hesitancy to be vaccinated, I, I really want to say this is. Uh, one of the responsibilities of faith leaders is, is to calm the fears and to uh, tell people, you know, trust the science. That, that we're, they're not going to put out a vaccine that's going to hurt people. And we, and, and, and whatever it takes, it'll take that amount of time to get it tested and, and done. Um, but we need to, uh, I, one of the verses I used this last week in my message uh, was out of Proverbs says, uh, the gullible will believe everything they're told. <laughs> and we don't need gullible people right now. He doesn't even do the the full verse, by the way. No, no, neither one of those like verse snippets are, are in context. And the, whatever translation he's using is not, what's the message. Not great. Yeah. I think it's the message. So it's not even a translation. It's a paraphrase. Shh, yeah. The gullible will believe everything they're told. Semicolon. Is it colon? Semicolon. Semicolon, right? Mm -hmm. That's the first part. Second part, the prudent sift and weigh every word. Yeah. Which is. Leave that part out. Good idea. Yeah. Let's just. That that part's not important. It's just (laughs) clearly you're the gullible one if you're doing research and believing anything except what. Francis Collins is telling you. I personally like ESV. I am not a big version snob or, or d- denier or whatever. 
The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm an ESV fan also. Are any of the versions that are the goal is to translate as opposed to this is what the Bible really meant. This is I'm what not God a snob on this say. man. I'm, I'll yeah. argue with you. I'm not a snob on this stuff. I. I, I don't sometimes I don't mind the message if it's next to something else. Like I like right. to if I if I check out the message in the ESV, I might get a little something extra out of it. It's not my favorite, but you know. Yeah, I I I mean I won't say it. I'm not even talking about the message in particular. There's some of the ones that are supposed to be translations, but really go out of the way to kind of politically correctize the Bible. Yeah. Um I would say even worse than the message, but hmm. okay, here we go. Let's let's hear this guy tell us about Proverbs. So the Bible says in Proverbs, get the facts at any price. Okay, and where does where does <laughs> yeah where does search, search for that verse, Tim? The yeah. by okay, Proverbs. get the facts at any price. Facts. Is that the translation of like seeking wisdom? Any price. I don't get it. I searched the last one. I found it. Okay, here we go. Oh, it does. Okay, okay. Here we go. In in the message? It's going to be message, isn't it? No, no, no. Hold on. Living Bible. Interesting. Get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to all good sense you can get. Hmm. So, and and hold on to the facts. Um, Francis, one of the issues that some people I know are concerned about Okay, now we're gonna have to go back. So hold on a second. I gotta go off Living Bible. Gotta get yeah, me okay. some ESV. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Hmm. Buy truth and do not sell it. Interesting. Is uh, the use of fetal cells uh, in vaccine candidates and and the concern? What are fetal cells? It's from aborted babies. Ah, but from what, what, like, but how? Well, to get a good fetal cell, yeah, you need a partial birth abortion. Okay. And you need the baby to be alive oh, okay. as you start to tear it apart to okay. really get those fetal cells. Good heartbeat. Yep. Gotta have yep. a heartbeat. Yeah, heart. Uh, yeah, but depending on what you're harvesting, uh, some of the, the heart might still be beating while you're tearing other organs out. There you go. That's that's what we got. to I just <clears throat> we constantly use these words. Yeah, it's about the use of fetal cells, fetal, just just a few cells. That that raises for, uh, you know, right to life community and things like that. So give us some, some extra. heart still beating things no. like that. Yeah, right. Things the right like to that. life. Right. Notice, the, I mean, he did. He did not say our right to life community. Things like that. I'm just starting. I'm gonna start using things like that. Yeah, just. I'm not yeah. gonna work here anymore. Things like that. Donation <laughs> on this, right now. Yeah, and I do understand people's concern about this. Uh, basically, there are fetal cell lines uh, mm-hmm. that were derived in the 1970s, um, one in particular called HEK293. Why is it called 293? Well, they they would number them uh, 
by the abortion, not necessarily one through 293, but uh, there was definitely more than one. Yeah, starting point would be somewhere somewhere less, less than 293 i would i would guess yeah this is a fun game it's funny how you and i have the same thoughts on this they have read the same things it's not pre-rehearsed uh-huh. derived from an elective pregnancy termination in scandinavia uh, where that particular cell line was started uh, from the fetus and it has been in culture ever since the who been in culture the Beatles. It arrived in cell line from the Beatles. Oh, you're you're looking at the the uh, transcript that's that's put out for this video. I don't is is okay. horrifically bad. Oh, which that's, is that's Google. Sorry, sorry. It said the yeah, Beatles. That's Google. That, that's <laughs> you. Honestly, if you're, <laughs> I'm falling out of my chair over here. Ringo Starr's cell line yeah, yeah. lived on. Yeah. No, this it's, is the this is the gal, right? Yeah. No, don't look Mo, at don't look at the words on the screen because they're wrong. No, I'm talking about that. this is the gal that MoFax talked about in the previous show. They stole her cells. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear. You didn't hear this? Show. No, I didn't hear the last MoFax. What is her name? There's two shows recently. Henrietta. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, that's not it. I'll have to look into it. So uh, I'll see if this is actually her cell lines too, because yeah, you have to you have to check that out anyway. Yeah. And it happens to be one that is particularly useful uh, mm-hmm. for growing uh, other kinds of viruses. Uh-huh. And so it's found its way into lots of labs. And it has, in fact, been used in a few other circumstances uh, with other vaccines, although not that many. And I understand, and the Catholic Church has looked at this very carefully, uh, that for people who are opposed uh, deeply uh, to abortion, sympathetic to those people, believe me, uh, this feels like you're somehow being complicit uh, if you're utilizing a product that traveled through uh, this kind of cell line even if it was derived 50 or 60 years ago. 50 years ago. Yeah. There, there is no active use of human fetal tissue at mm-hmm. all in vaccine production or in production of the monoclonal antibodies, which is an exciting new kind of treatment that just mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. emergency use authorization. You want to pause it for a second? Days ago for people who have just gotten infected. So I want to reassure people. I just want to point out a couple a couple things there. First of all, you're Francis Collins. You're talking to Rick Warren. Honestly, like, what does the Catholic Church have to do with it? Right? Like, I don't... Yeah. If the Catholic... If the Pope says it's okay, there's Catholics that disagree with the Pope, and we, you know, bring stuff from LifeSite News, and, and there's good pro-life Catholic organizations. But... I don't. I could care less what the Pope says. <laughs> like this is not uh, it, just because his name's Francis. Like we have to listen to anyone named Francis now. Is that why we should listen to the Pope? <laughs> that that's irritating. And then he he states it very carefully. 
so what he's saying is not a lie, right? Like not active. Like we didn't do the abortion yesterday for the vaccine we're pumped into you today. So surely that's okay. Well, you know, what could your problem be? And then he, he conflates it with monoclonal antibodies, which no one's protesting those. Like right. you were asked the question about the vaccine and the antibodies thing. There's like the count, the Regeneron has put out a statement saying basically that they don't disagree with the use of fetal stem cells. But as far as the actual COVID-19 product, there's no fetal stem cells involved. So it's just, it's like a red herring. It's like, well, you know, and the monoclonal antibodies are fine. There's no aborted babies. It's like, yeah, we're talking about the vaccines. <laughs> and right. it's like, and you're he's going to go on and, and talk about the production of the vaccines. Yes, obviously that's important. But if the aborted baby was used in the research for the vaccine, I'm not having it either. Yeah. You know, it, just like, all right, well, anyway. I mean, it's a concept that even even the uh, the most, you know, crunchy granola, like we've talked about numerous times in the show, the crunchy granola people who always question vaccine and big drug companies, those are also the people who buy the shampoo that says... Not tested on animals. Yes, because yeah. they want to because they know that this is the, an unethical treatment of animals, and they want to make sure that, that it's not used. Unethical treatment of fetal cells. Totally yeah. different. Totally different. I was wrong. Henrietta Lacks was her name. She is an African American woman whose cancer cells are the source of the HeLa cell line, the first immortalized human cell line, and one of the most important cell lines in medical research. And immoral immortalized cell line reproduces indefinitely under specific conditions. The HeLa yeah. cell line continues. What's that? Yeah. Being cancerous being the main condition yes. that allows for you that. You should read up on this because I know you've been doing a lot of reading and the yeah. HeLa cell line continues to be a, a source of invaluable medical data to present day. Lax was the unwitting source of these cells from a tumor biospide during treatment for her cervical cancer at John Hop Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. These cells were then cultured by George Otto Gay, who created the cell line known as the HeLa cell line, which is still used in medical research. As was then the practice, no consent was required to culture the cells obtained from Lax's treatment. Consistent with contemporary standards, neither she nor her family were compensated for their extraction or use. Even though some information about the origins of the HeLa's immortalized cell lines was known to researchers after 1970, the Lax family was not made aware of the line's existence until 75. With knowledge of the cell line's genetic provenance becoming public, its use for medical research and for commercial purposes continues to raise concern about privacy and patients' rights. I will put a link to the MoFax episode where they talked about this person. And yeah, I've got to check that out. It's a really good episode. But basically, <clears throat> it's a black woman from Baltimore who got ovarian cancer. And guess who was there to swoop up her cells and you, to, 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 to carry them on to make sure they continued to live? But Johns, Johns Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, Johns Hopkins, the great 
the great Johns Hopkins, if only there was a you know situation where they'd be more involved in my day-to-day life over the last 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> George Otto Gay, the first researcher to study Lax's cancerous cells, observed that these cells were unusual in that they reproduced at a very high rate and could be kept alive long enough to allow more in-depth examination. Until then, cells culture for laboratory studies survived only a few days at most, at which was not long enough to perform a variety of different tests on the same sample. Lax's cells were the first to be observed that could be divided multiple times without dying, which is why they became known as immortal. After Lax's death, Gay and, and Mary Kubasek, his lab assistant, take further HeLa samples while Henrietta's body was at Johns Hopkins autopsy facility. So most of the human cells that are being experimented on were taken from uh, a dead lady's ovarian cancerous cancerous ovaries after she was dead. The roller tube technique was the method used to culture the cells obtained from the samples that Kubasek collected. Gay was able to start a cell line from Lex's sample by isolating one specific cell and repeatedly dividing it, meaning that the same cell could then be used for conducting many experiments. These became known as the HeLa cells because Gay's standard method for sampling was to use the first two letters of the patient's first and last names. Recognition in popular culture. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It just this is this is something that has been it's just starting to come out now. And the reason and according to Mo of Mo Facts, they don't want to tell this story is because they don't want to talk about how they stole these cells from a black lady. Back. Yeah. No, no permission given. No prior consent. Just like, wow, wow, look at this. And 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 by the way, when you grow stuff using cancer cells there's really zero risk of causing cancer for people no, no, no. that you're it's injecting down the road safe, safe and effective uh yeah just safe, safe just the cancer's exploding off the charts people getting cancer left and right after these vaccines but unrelated yes. safe and effective safe and effective oh speaking speaking of which um i think we've got just uh, do we have a are we at 44.52 on that clip, or are we done? Uh, no, not quite. About that, there is no human fetal tissue being utilized. The only use is the cell lines uh, from decades earlier. But I do understand that for some people, that would be something they would like not to have to be asked uh, to sure. use. I'm happy to say, of the six vaccines that are currently being developed, uh, two of them, probably four of them, uh, would not trouble people because they have not gone through that particular kind of cell line. Uh, two of them needed by necessity uh, by the manufacturing process to do so. So there should be options here for people who find this to be particularly critical. Mm-hmm. And I'm sympathetic with that, although I must say it is a little harder for me to see why it is unethical if this is a cell line that's been around that long, mm-hmm. uh, not to take advantage of something that might save a life. But that's not my decision mm-hmm. to make for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think the Catholic Church was pretty clear. The Catholics are allowed to take advantage of such products if there are no other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are going to be beneficial for themselves or their families. Uh-huh. Uh, there are uh-huh. going to be other options, but that's the place we are right now. Well, great. Um, I want to get your feedback uh, on, on another issue, and that is the the mental health effects of this pandemic. Well, that's that's I interesting, have, but we can cut it off there. <laughs> here, here you go. 
I got a clip for you. This is right. uh, he's he was talking about a cell line that's existed for long before any of this uh, aborted fetal stem cell or aborted fetal cells, right? No, not before. Just from like the abortion took place in 1970 or what? No, no, no. But he said no, no. He said that there was some that weren't. Let's hear it again. Something that might save a life past uh, years. I'm happy to say of the six vaccines that are currently being developed, uh, two of them, probably four of them, uh, would not trouble people because they have not gone through that particular kind of cell line. Well, okay. So the, they have not been through that particular kind of cell line. No, so but, but the reason he says two of them, probably four of them, so that the two that make up the difference there are the ones where they used aborted babies in research but supposedly not in their production okay but guess what all three of the versions available in the u.s the pfizer the moderna the johnson johnson hek 293 abortion connected yeah and go ahead this is dr oz and he brought some real life fetal cells to oprah i apologize in advance and go ahead. Wow, is that really her? That's her. There are millions of Henrietta cells in there. Wow. <laughs> like in the movie when she has it, she goes, she's cold. That's right. But this is warm. This is th So these are the real cells. Just grew them. We Wow. We did not even have the real cells in the movie, Dr. Oz. <laughs> this is fantastic. That is so, fantastic. The guys at New York Medical College drew these for us. Come on over here. I actually put some under the microscope. I want you to see them with your own eyes. Rose, go ahead and take a look. Yes. Don't poke your eyes out. Look Rose, carefully. this is just like in the movie. Oh my yes. Goodness, she looks like a journalist scientist now, doesn't she? Wow. wow. And we're going to put them up in the big monitor. This is just like in the movie. I know. Isn't it great? So you guys go ahead and look, and when Rose is done, Oprah, take a look. Gorgeous. And everybody else, this is what Oprah's seeing back here. Gorgeous. She's seeing all the cells, wow. and you see the little black dotted ones? The little black dots are the nucleus. That's 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 actually her DNA, Henrietta's DNA. Oh my DNA. gosh, that is fascinating. Right. And then the, the gray stuff is the cells. Cool. That's that is so cool. cool. I know. Stop. Yes, done it, Dr. Oz. That is good. Done it again. Isn't it cool for everyone at home? Hey, I, I have the Skoot. author, Rebecca hey. Scoot here. We're looking at the cells. Have you seen them before, I have right? I've seen the cells okay. <laughs> many times. Oh, let, let, let's hold a little bit of yes, here. You sit right there, Doctor. Okay. Okay. Sure. I, 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 I have never held the actual cells in my hand. Yeah, they're yours. Wow. Oh. Hi. So, Hi. Rebecca Skalut, we've been talking all about you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Rebecca Thanks. is the author of The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, played by Rose in the movie. So, I, I gotta say, this is almost like a dream-like event. I would suspect when you were, it's been a decade of your life fighting through all kinds of obstacles to make this book come alive and all of a sudden Oprah calls you and what does she say? Honestly, the first thing she said was, Rebecca, Oprah, how you doing? <laughs> all right, you get the point. But hey, aye, we, just, aye, aye. we just grew them the other day, man. Check them out. Here uh, they are. It's so cancer what are cells. They? I don't get it. I, I well, it's Henrietta's cancer Oprah cells. What don't about? you understand, Andrew? Henrietta's cancer cells. I, 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 this is not. No one's like 
Oh, I dream of immortality, my cancer cells being passed on forever. <laughs> the cancer that kills me it will live on forever. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. I I deserved it for playing so much uh, Rick Warren <laughs> and Francis Collins, but that was that was pretty rough. <laughs> I told you. It's uh, another people episode, really do the, the video, mo- the little mo- demonic facts. glee of holding the little vials. Ugh. Uh, mo facts with Adam Curry and uh, the the mysterious Mo, an African American gentleman uh, who uh, Andrew's the one who encouraged me to listen to it. Say, hey man, this is basically just a Christian explaining some other things to Adam Curry. Yeah, and uh, I had to agree after listening a few times, but that was Mo facts. Episode 66, Black Butterfly, where that clip came from. I do encourage people to listen to that. But it's an in-depth look at uh, just how the medical establishment has always used black people as a place to experiment. And not just, you know, just uh, isolated to the Tuskegee situation, Tuskegee experiment, but also to uh, Henrietta Lacks, uh, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, et cetera, et cetera. Author of the book, by the way, White. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so Which is interesting. White, white women uh, exploiting black women for fame and fortune there. Uh, and Oprah just joining right on in. Uh, let's make a movie out of it. Let's put it in my book club. I love it. Should we... we I think we need a little uh, palate cleanser. I, I agree. Um how about the the Ted Nugent clip? Oh, okay, Ted Nugent clip, and then we thank some producers. Uh, Ted Nugent clip, and then I've got a brilliant transition lined up that I'll probably oh. screw up, and then producers. Well, would you speak to the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives? Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a fed a line from the federal government? Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Well, so all these millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. Okay, that, that might be my my favorite Ted Nugent clip there. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So the transition here. Uh, let let me uh, let me go through our donations here. This one came from Pfizer for five thousand dollars on March twenty third, and then another one on March twenty third for five thousand dollars, and then Pfizer again. $1,000, Pfizer, $1,500, Pfizer, $3,500. Uh, let's. There's about 50 more of those, most for 5000 And then Merck, um, 1000 2000 2500 2500 about uh, 15 more of those. Oh, wait, that's not our donations. That's Kevin McCarthy, the uh, GOP minority leader in Congress's donations. From Pfizer, my Pfizer was. <laughs> from Pfizer and Merck. So, believe it or not, Tim, uh, no Pfizer and Merck money coming 
to this podcast. However, we were just blown away at the donations this week. Yeah, so. yeah we absolutely were blown away at the donations this week. So, um, yeah, yeah, after a, after a, a week showing last week, it uh, came back roaring with a vengeance. And I want to reach out, first of all, to my P.O. Box donors uh, because these P.O. Box donations were in the P.O. Box probably for the last several weeks. I think one of them was as early as the 13th or 14th of September. So uh, we'll get to those as the last donations uh, just because that was the – or actually maybe we should do them first, yeah? Oh, it's don't complicate it. Just go top to bottom. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> as you know, we don't take any uh, ads for this show. It is a value for value model, meaning we would like for you to send us money if you would like us to continue to do these shows or clips or information or prayers or emails, anything you guys want. Send it over. It will be helpful for the show for you are the producers of this show. Why don't you give us the – here, I'll start us off. But with uh, Well, I just want to say I'm, – I'm just going to throw this at you live. Okay. What do you think of the term contributor? Contributor instead of producer? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. Have you come up with a name yet? <laughs> no. Yeah. One, one step at a time. I just yep. – you know, it's, we can make I, it I, don't, I don't want to copy Hollywood. I don't either. Know? But do you want to get to the heart level? You could, one thousand dollars is the heart heart level. <laughs> so I like it. So. <laughs> it's good. We'll, it'll be confusing to everybody except you, me, and one other person. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't spoil the surprise there. But yeah, <laughs> missed it by the skin of his the the hair on his chin. This last show, <laughs> he didn't make it. <laughs> He did. He did. It wasn't a producer of last week's show, but Danny from Medford, Oregon, was a producer of this week's show. So he made it in just after the other one was published. So he slid in under the wire, as well as the other show favorite, Kyle from Kent, Washington, came in. Uh, looks like the, uh, 25 from Danny, 75 from Kyle. So thank you both. Uh, Eric. Eric sent us uh, $30. We appreciate him. Eric, if you – I have emailed – I don't know if it went through, but if you do want a book, please uh, email me back. You can go to the contact tab on revelationsradionews.com or return the email if you can find it in your inbox asking for your address. We need to get an address if you want a free copy of Andrew's book, The New World Order and Eugenics Wars. All advertise, or excuse me, all donations of $25 or more within the United States, 35 or more outside the United States will receive a free copy of Andrew's book. Next up, we have Jared from Loxahatchee, Florida. Loxahatchee, maybe? What's that? I think there's a Loxahatchee, isn't there? Loxahatchee, I think that's what it is. So, uh, and he has donated before. He he sent in a hundred bucks. So we do want to thank Jared. You are awesome, thank you, Jared. Yeah, continuing to uh, support us. Uh, and then we had Christine from Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, she does have a book, which is already sent out. So your book is in the mail. That's awesome. Uh, Syrah, I'm going to, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I'm Syrah. What do we think? Syrah? Uh, yeah. Syrah to me. Yeah. Yep. Syrah from Reno. She came in with her weekly or excuse me, monthly donation of $5. We appreciate that. For those of you out there who can't afford to donate like, uh, 
the Jareds, the Eric's, the Danny's and Kyle's, the big, you know, 75, 25, $50 donations. The $5 little subscription is awesome too. So thank you for that. Amy from uh, Madison, Mississippi. I didn't even know there was a Madison, Mississippi. So teaching us new things. Very cool. Thank you very much, uh, Amy, for that. 25 bucks. Looks like your book is in the mail. Uh, Kathy from San Jose, California. Kathy is the one who donated. And uh, after you bashed California, you, I said that uh, she's probably not going to well, donate well, anymore. That, oh, and she she did. See? She donates. She knows. She knows. <laughs> she's also wrote, wrote me an email talking about uh, the whole thing with Gavin Newsom. And she thinks that there's a constitutional uh solution to all the problems they're having down there in california so i hope i hope she can figure out a way and they can figure out a way to to get gavin out what a yeah what a a, a nightmare autumn from snoqualmie washington awesome autumn sending in another donation this is her subscription i think of another five bucks so we appreciate her and the next one uh joy you know last week's showing mild not great. This week's showing pretty awesome. And then Joy has entered the chat. <laughs> Joy from Goodlitzville, Tennessee, sent us $500, which couldn't have come at a better time because Andrew had some car trouble. And uh, that was able to uh, really replenish the funds a little bit. So we do greatly appreciate Joy. Thank you very, very much for that. Uh, yes. Luke, our buddy and, out there. In- Go ahead. And Joy... There's a there's a note in the book that I sent you, so I'm I'm trying to spur spur a new podcast. So we'll see. <laughs> that podcast would work too if it's if it includes who I think it includes. Yeah. It would work. Uh, the next one is our, our donors from Nevada, Iowa. Uh, they are awesome, and uh, that's Luke and uh, his wife. They send another five hundred. Excuse me, another five dollars donation from. Uh, monthly donation so thank you guys anyway uh benjamin thank you benjamin benjamin from san diego california i'm hearing it's the conservative capital of california so that's cool uh, that's another you. another california two california donations thank you thank you california um again i'm gonna apologize to well, uh, the the last three donors those those were all in the p.o box and they were there for a long time so thank you luke thank you benjamin and then the last one terry Terry from Sherwood, Oregon. He and his wife donated. You want to tell him how much he donated, Andrew? Well, I'll, I think this deserves the full story. So, All right. I was talking to Tim just on on the phone as he was, and we wrapped up our conversation as he was going in to check the PO box. So the phone rings like a minute later, and he's like. You're, uh, so I just opened up the PO box and there's a check for a thousand dollars in there. So that, that was how I found out. And I, you know, you, you said you didn't check for a while and, and yes, we're, we're sorry. We didn't credit you earlier, but I have to say like the timing of those super generous donations couldn't have been better or more, more meaningful for uh, for me and I think for for both of us, you're you're fresh out of employment and uh, you know for and I'm fresh out of not being able to sell my house and car trouble. So that was uh, that was very uh, super. It was super encouraging. 
um, just from, you know, both the the financial aspect, of course, but just from uh, like, hey, people, you know, there's there's people out there that care about what we're doing and, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, but hey, we appreciate it. So, yeah, the, the crazy part, too, is and I think the original reason for the phone call where I called you that we ended at the P.O. box was. I was telling you about the $500 donation that came in from Joy. So that all actually happened in one day. That was yeah. uh, yesterday, actually. Yes. So that was an incredible day when we had $20 in donations last month or last week and then 1500 in one day before, you know, 11 a.m. <laughs> yes. It was uh, pretty awesome. So we want to thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. I'm fresh out of a job. Andrew's fresh out of car trouble and not being able to sell his house, like you said, and the little stuff like that that helps us to remember that uh, it's not we're not just speaking to no one here, that we're actually yep. having an impact and that actually people on the other end do get value out of it and send it back. And it just feels good. It feels good to get value back from you guys that we got that you got value from us. Um, it, it just makes us more encouraged to do the show and just it really just. You know, it was it was awesome. So thank you. Thank you. You guys are a real blessing to us. Continue to pray for both of our families. We're considering massive changes on in both places. Um, yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm I, I quit my job, which uh, was not due to a vaccine mandate or anything else, but just some uh, some things that are kind of cooking up around here. And we're we're moving forward in faith. The Lord has presented a path forward for us and our family. And uh, I am doing my best to move forward in faith, although my conscious mind is consistently fighting with my subconscious mind. Like, <laughs> hey, this is the right move. And my subconscious is like, this yeah. is insane. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's a real struggle up here. Continued prayer would be awesome. Uh, I'm just learning to trust the Lord. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, I'm making some, some strange sacrifices that don't make sense on paper and, you know, sacrifice doing that, um, in, tr- in trust and faith and then you know weird stuff like big donations show up like the biggest one we've ever fo- had followed three hours later by the biggest one we've ever had like it yeah. was you know it just it's it's pretty cool anyway it's almost like our own little version of a church i know many of you listening are christians i know many of you that listen aren't and uh i am definitely not a, a minister or you know as far as i know andrew's not a rabbi but well. it's our own <laughs> it's our own just version <laughs> of uh just coming together, book of Acts type of thing, and we're we're talking about what we think and what we what we're reading and kind of how we feel and trying to put a, a godly perspective on what's going on in the world. And uh, people listen to that, and you know, it's almost like we're feeding God's sheep. And even if it's not with you know the normal spiritual food, hard food that they get from from church, it's a different kind of spiritual food, but it, I think it is, I guess it is, from what I hear it is, and from what I'm receiving from the Lord, it is helpful to those, to you guys. And so we just want to keep doing that and just keep our eyes on God and focus on that and focus on that there are other people on the other end of this uh, microphone and on the other end of these downloads, and that we greatly appreciate all of you. From I mean, there's been so many meaningful just notes and donations and yep. emails and just you know people making music and all that stuff and i i love it it uh it's 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 just just awesome so thank yeah, you guys send, send it in some some good stories again this week and um yeah and i had 
uh, well, we were funny story. Uh, yeah, we were going to have lunch on Monday, but I managed to mess that up. But had a a great visit with uh, with Ted, and who is a fe- it's each should be a guest on the show. I've, I haven't even told you about our our conversations yet, but uh, more more in the future. And uh, Terry in Oregon. Um, I think the $1,000 donation is the Andrew will drive to your city and buy you lunch donation. So that <laughs> definitely needs to happen before. Well, he did it. Let me see. I got his, I think I got his note around here somewhere. He said, he asked if he could get a book. If you have a spare book, could you send it? <laughs> brothers and brothers, Tim and Andrew, God's grace upon you. I discovered your podcast several months ago while listening to James Corbett. About once a week, I load my MP3 player with all my favorites like Corbett Report and Canary Cry, but your podcast is the one I look forward to. I live in a rural area just outside Portland suburbs, so I'm not far from Andrew. Perhaps we could meet sometime and discuss world events, prepping, and eschatology. A few days ago, I needed to write down my thoughts on why I could not in good conscience attend church services while masks are required. I have enclosed it since I think it might encourage you, particularly the part about biblical story of Hezekiah versus the Assyrian army applies to our current dilemma i pray this letter and gift will motivate you to keep up the excellent work if you have a spare copy of andrew's book could you send it to me it'd be much appreciated in the name of all that jesus is terry second corinthians 4 16 and 17 for which we cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet our inward is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding in an external weight of glory. Amen to that. Thank, thank you, Terry. You definitely deserve a free a free lunch donation there. But uh, <laughs> more than more than that, and yeah, you know, if you want a hundred or two hundred books, I'd be happy to provide them but for now there's just one one on the way i and i keep i keep failing to respond to this gentleman because uh, he wanted our actual mailbox uh and i and i should say it on the show now because i keep failing to respond and then it goes on another day but uh hope you guys are good wanted to send you and andrew some manuka honey can i send it to your Ooh. po box it's interesting how you've been mentioning the car market seems crazy i drive a Pressure on vaccines is getting intense in New Zealand. They are looking at even setting up vaccine drive throughs at fast food outlets. Public health is obviously top priority. <laughs> and my employer yeah. asked me if I had my first vax, and I said, no, I'm not planning on getting it. I would rather stay home for the rest of my life. And, th- and I am happy to have that conversation with them if it's an issue. <laughs> I was talking <laughs> to my pastor about people standing up for their freedom and human rights across the ditch in Australia. He told me he was so inspired by it, he wanted to go out and buy some steel cap work boots. Take care. God bless. Kenny from New Zealand. So That's awesome. Yeah. And I believe New Zealand uh, lifted some of their restrictions. Oh, that's good. Like the, they decided, you know what? We're not actually going to be able to have zero COVID. So maybe we should let people live a little bit. Yeah. So. This so is good. another this is another one from a listener that I got. Her name is Ashley. Uh, thanks for taking the time to prepare your podcast each week. I found you through James Corbett. I listened to the Corbett Report and Revelations Radio News. 
New World Next Week, and The Last American Vagabond. I'm currently enjoying Andrew's book you sent a few weeks ago. I know you all start to feel the pressure of the Vax Society, and while it's not hit our family yet, we are committed to standing up against that as well. We live in a small rural town and have the ability to raise our own gardens, fish in our backyard, and Mm. have lots of fruit trees. However, we are currently in the process of thinking we need to do something in order to make ourselves even more sustainable. One thing we need to concentrate on is dependence on the electric home. I'm looking to get a quote to what it would be to install a fireplace wood stove home to decrease our dependency on electric in the winter. Overall, I'd like to ask if you all could do a show either solely or partly on these things families should be considering to prepare for the future. One thing we have not a clue about is our money in the bank and also our 401ks. We even started to wonder if we should cash these in instead of waiting for the cyber attack that moves towards a global currency. (laughs) But we're hesitant to do this. Any suggestions about practical things we could do then and also what to do about money investing would be great. I'm sure all these things would be are these. I'm sure there will be things that are a surprise to us in the future, but we'd like to be prepared for the things that we know are being told it's coming. Sorry for the lengthy email. I hope you get the gist of what I'm asking for. If you're at all willing to do this, Will you please point me to somewhere I can look and find the answers to these type of questions? Well, I've I've got the answer to that. Yeah. Just listen to whatever I say that's investment related <laughs> and do the exact opposite and you will be rich. <laughs> no time. So to me, it seems like the housing market has to be about to crash. <laughs> Therefore invest in real estate and you should be should be golden <laughs> skyrocket so now i you know i've known the, this man for a very long time don't listen to anything he said yeah no this is you know i can i can remember listening to uh, max kaiser saying you should buy Bitcoin at a yeah. dollar a Bitcoin. And I'm like, Max, I already bought, a, I spent all my money buying $50 an ounce silver because you told me I was going to crash JP Morgan. So sad, but true story. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I did, I made money on the silver game back in the day. Matthew says, praying for you guys. Good luck with the job search, Tim. Great episode this week. Thanks. I found my job. This is it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, here's another one. Just writing to wish you well at the new job. I don't have one. I love, unless this is it. (laughs) Love the show. I, too, quit my old job. They're pushing pretty hard. By now, most are already knocked up. I like that. (laughs) Knocked up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is a residential care facility. Pretty cool and fun. Funded by SB40. When HHA or CDC dictate new guidelines, they follow. Most believe the propaganda peer pressure. But in the real world here an hour away from St. Louis, it's rather normal. Employees of big chains wear masks under their normal. But we were number one unvaxxed state. Not sure how. Good luck. <laughs> Missouri, huh? Missouri was the number one on Vax. I think they tell more than one because I heard it was Arkansas and then it was. You know, they share a border, right? Like it's that area. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right there. This is Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, right in that area. So. Unvaxed. Unvaxed. Not unvaxed enough, but that's good. Okay. Well, uh, breaking news. Uh, Bill Gates said healthcare and vaccines could reduce 
unsustainable population growth in a 2010 TED Talk, fact checkers say. At a 2010 TED Talk about reducing carbon emissions, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates said that one of the factors contributing to high levels of carbon emissions is population growth and better care could help lower unsustainable population growth. Gates said in the 2010 TED Talk, Innovating to Zero, that improving public health using vaccination can reduce unsustainable population growth (laughs) and with it lower carbon emissions. Gates was referring to the reduction of population growth, not the reduction of the population by 10 or 15 percent. No, that's not true. Reports Reuters. That that part is not true. Reports Reuters. The billionaire philanthropist has spoken about the benefits of slowing the rate of population growth, but he has not advocated killing people from <laughs> the Associated Press. So I don't know how you could possibly think that he wants to kill people because he doesn't. And he said it right here. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. New vaccines, new vaccines, new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. It's an oldie but a goodie. That's a show. That's a show clip. Anybody who's been with us since the beginning knows we used to play that all the time. Yeah. So the the 10 or 15 percent is in context referring to the 9 billion. Yeah. Staying 10 or 15 percent below 9 billion. Yeah. I don't know. Unless it's is it referring to the difference between 6.8 billion and 9 billion? Like, (laughs) is that what they're saying? Because there's no. You know, he doesn't give a number. The only number is 9 billion and then. 10 to 15 percent. I Anyway, at least they admit he said it. <laughs> to, they got to do something about it. Yeah. I, you know, his explanation <laughs> is. Oh, sorry. The, I'm looking at all our old clips. The old, uh, you know, you. You give people good health care, like vaccines that keep people alive, and then they have fewer kids. <laughs> it makes kids. no sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. no sense. Like, tr- try and ignore my hilarious, not not so hilarious later. And, but I, it's crazy how long ago I made this clip. Do you know when I made this? Look, when did I make this clip? When is this clip from? Info. Get info. Oh, properties. Here we go. Tim made this clip Tuesday, April 8th, 2014. Yeah, and it couldn't be more relevant. It's uh, being debunked. Population. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. New vaccines, new vaccines, new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Yeah, Couldn't be more relevant. That's a long time ago. Yeah, and he's still still at it. Still, <laughs> still trying to get that carbon to zero. Oh, it's, he has, you know, he's 
he's kind of faded a little bit with with the whole Epstein debacle, and he, he can't handle the softball questions on it. Uh, but, you know, he's not in jail. He's not in Gitmo. Cuomo's not in Gitmo either. This is not... This is not justice at this point. Agreed. All right. And and by the way, I'm using Gitmo facetiously. Like, I don't actually want <laughs> Gitmo to exist. But uh, just saying, these people are not actually facing any real consequences for what they've done. Uh, do we want Klaus Schwab to, to talk about the next... Agenda. Oh, gosh. I was actually just thinking to myself, man, it's been great talking about donations and what a little community we have here and you having lunch with people and people reading your book. I wonder what Klaus Schwab's up to. Yeah, Klaus Schwab. It's a short, short clip that we've played before, but relevant to this week's other big events. What do we got? The um, from Revelation 24 on Twitter. Oh, no, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. All right. Thanks, Klaus. So this, the Facebook outage, and, you know, I don't know, I know you've got a theory that you were waiting for the show for, so I'll I'll let you get to that. Just, you know, six hours, it was a long time. Like, for a website like that to be down, I mean, I I work at a little, uh, by comparison, minuscule internet service provider and we have had like one six hour outage in seven years i mean and it's a huge deal if you if that happens for a uh, nearly trillion dollar company facebook to have a six hour plus outage i mean it's it's almost tough to can to comprehend like how that how that happens. So what what's your your take on it there? Well, my theory it kind of went down the uh, I thought it was tied to the whistleblower from Sunday and I was super excited about the whistleblower from <laughs> Sunday and then I went and listened to the 60 minutes episode of the whistleblower from Sunday who revealed herself and essentially her main complaint about Facebook was they don't do enough to censor what's on Facebook to combat misinformation. So after realizing that that was a bit of a sham, I started looking more and more into 
the other it, co- it, when the when the media calls someone a whistleblower, they're not a whistleblower. Yeah, yes. Um, th- this was uh, Christine Blasey Ford Part Two. She she literally has Jen Psaki's PR firm. She the whistleblower. Yes. Oh, and this is all. I was so excited. I went and downloaded the 60 Minutes episode. I was so excited, and then I listened, and I'm just like, "Oh, give Tim, me! I should have I should have brought a clip." The, in the middle the, of in the middle of the interview, she says, "I wanted to work for Facebook," and she had worked for like Google and a bunch of others at the same time. And then she's like, "I want to work for Facebook only if they would let me work with misinformation because I had lost a friend to conspiracies." Oh, okay. give me a break. Yeah, she was total plant. Eduardo Saverin. This is the co-founder of uh, Facebook from Brazil. I think he is, let's see, during his junior year at Harvard, Saverin met Harvard undergraduate sophomore Mark Zuckerberg, noted the lack of dedicated social networking websites, blah, 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 blah. Co-founder Saverin held the role of chief financial officer and business manager, business insider, I thought this was somehow tied to him, um, mm. but my my theory came apart a bit uh, because he was in Brazilian news for some. He was pushing the COVID narrative, which is kind of falling apart there. And mm. so I thought, but I, you know, I I don't know that. Upon further, you know, and that was my call early. Okay. Yeah. But as it as it as it carried on for six hours, and then did you check? Uh, the propaganda report today? Uh, no, I've not heard. Propaganda report today. They they talk about how there was a tweet from, I think it was the FBI or somebody said, hey, this is cybersecurity month at the same time as, to, as Facebook was down. And then there was a certain university that was doing a study on uh, cybersecurity and what, what would happen if big swaths yeah. of the internet went down. And then... Right. The fact that it's, you know, Facebook might come out ahead on the deal, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I think they, they will. No, the stock the stock already has. It dove and then came back up. So, yeah, it, it, very possible this was this was Zuckerberg's contribution um, to the Great Reset. To the Great Reset World Economic Forum, he told Klaus, "I I got this." Well, here's the here's the tweet in the middle of the day. Uh, the FBI can't fight cybercrime alone; it takes a whole of government approach. We're happy to have Secret Service on our team. This month, we're working together to remind the public to stay cyber secure. So the the possibility which I initially hoped for, and it's probably wrong. Which was that this was a dude named Ben at Facebook who uh, was upset about the vaccine mandate and decided to let it burn. And there was yep. there's evidence of intentionality uh, like the if you look at what tiny few technical details are available there's a lot of code that got erased. It's like, really? That was all done accidentally. Like uh, the, the route to facebook.com, the BGP 
route or what what have you mm-hmm. just disappeared accidentally did didn't make sense like oh it was an update that went wrong like really facebook does updates at like 10 a.m. Eastern time or whatever time it was. You know, Monday like morning. On That's a Monday want, morning. Yeah, Monday morning is when you want to do a big update to, to any kind of, you know, I, banking I, or any big, big, big website. Again, a tiny little podunk company I work for does updates like midnight to 6 a.m. is the window. Yeah. Friday yeah. or Saturday night. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not. You're not messing with something on Monday morning on. <laughs> that would have any possibility of being, you know, taking no, you down for six seconds, much less six hours. I don't it know. felt felt like a dry run. Yeah. How, how are people going to react? What's going to happen? Uh, and then I, I found, I came across somebody whose husband works for Facebook uh, here locally, said they went to the office and the doors were locked. Mm-hmm. It, Turn around and came home from work. So that's weird. Yeah, like it it almost like they wanted it to last longer. So they made it difficult to. Um, and that's an indicator that it, some, you know, someone at management level wanted it to last longer. Right. And that's why the doors were locked. They didn't want any, but there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Beca- because the way it was d- done you couldn't they couldn't remotely log in and fix it like just rebuild the route and be done with it which they probably have people that could do that in in seconds right so that you had to physically go to the servers or whatever to basically re reactivate stuff which is it's like how does it happen on accident i don't know it it doesn't it absolutely doesn't they're preparing us for the cyber pandemic. I mean, that, we talked about it. It was like two weeks ago. I brought it up. I said, this is what they're looking to do. And I think all of them are still in play. Crash the economy, turn off the Internet, and uh, maybe a third strain. So Canary Cry, I didn't hear the their whole discussion, but they were talking about it kind of in real time while it was still down uh, on yesterday's show. And... They were saying, you know, if you looked at Down Detector, there were a bunch of other sites also showing that they were having problems. Now, part of that, and I can speak from experience working for an Internet service provider, is that when people's Facebook app won't open on their phone, they think their Internet's broken. So, like, the ones that are like, that Verizon is down... It's not that simple, though. The, the yeah. thing is, but there were other companies, too. That's a, <clears throat> no, there was a ton. T-Mobile, Twitter. There was a bunch of them. But it's one thing I've learned, too, especially since I've been playing with the Graphene OS and, and playing with the Aurora store, mm-hmm. is inside the Aurora store, which is a clone of the Play Store, they actually will show what trackers are with each app. Every single app has trackers. And they all tie back to Google Firebase, which is their analytics section, and then the Facebook API. Mm. Some to Microsoft, some to this. So my wife has another app completely unrelated to Facebook, but they I looked it up. Sure enough, they use Facebook as a tracker, use it for their analytics and their algorithms, and she couldn't post onto that app. Wow. Because the API is tied to Facebook. And, it, and so I think that there's a lot of that stuff going on. Now, the route down or the down, let me see. Down the detector. Down, down detector. Yeah. 
I saw that screenshot. I looked it up myself yeah. and, and came up with that as well. I think Gonza tweeted it out. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, that it was a lot of stuff. I mean, it was like T-Mobile, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I should have grabbed that tweet. But but anyway, anyway check out their show for their discussion. Um, I still need to listen to the rest of it. But yeah, it was, you know, poor Basil's Oculus thing wasn't working right because it's from Facebook. So, <laughs> so I, there was a, a, I don't know, I found it to be humorous. I always think these sorts of things are funny, but there was a humorous uh, kind of tweet st- String. Uh, the official Twitter client says, "Hello, literally everybody." Yeah. <laughs> and below that, WhatsApp says, "Hey, what's up?" And Jack Dorsey responds to him, um, "Isn't this supposed to be encrypted?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then below that signals like something like we're we are or something like that. I don't know. It's just I don't know. The thing that made me laugh, but yeah. Yeah. Once once Facebook buys you, I don't know. Did we? Well, I think we. This was a long time ago. I'm not yeah. happy with I'm not happy with my router these days, and it's an Eero router and Eero is purchased by Amazon. Yeah. Need a new, need a new router. I have the same stupid router too. I got to get rid of it because it's. It, I don't believe that Amazon is not. And if they're not doing it now, they're not going to do it in the future. Yeah. Well, they had already blocked. Uh, I believe it was COVID nineteen vaccine side effects dot com, and. The router blocked the URL, and I had to go into the app to not allow them to block websites. That's Seems kind of ridiculous. It, yeah, it came right up for me. Yeah, so I'd they may have even stopped doing it, but this was uh, yeah, COVID nineteen vaccine side of it looks a little different. Maybe I got the URL wrong. Hmm. Okay. What do we got? Where we where do we go to next? Do we wrap it up? What do you want to do? What's the deal, Andrew? Well, that was, you know, I'll just throw a few headlines at you. Uh, Governor Hochul, we got to keep our eye on her. She's she's trouble. Vaxed. Announces New York's fifty mile drone ki- corridor. This is. This is a part of the 5G thing that I hadn't thought about before, but supposedly the autonomous drones will work so much better with the 5G everywhere. So, ah, be, and the robots. We we always talk about it being the self-driving cars are the the main driver of the 5G, but we should keep our eye out for the drones too. So, um. I just thought this was funny. So I subscribed to FierceHealthcare.com, which is like kind of a pharma like promotion publication, <laughs> sort of publication, where they're always hyping up new drugs and treatments and what have you. 
Uh, so right-wing physicians profit off of fake COVID-19 treatment reports. Oh, finds. Guess how much these greedy right-wing health providers have profited uh, in total, the whole country. I don't know. It's this huge problem. $15 million. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're so concerned about making money, they're hawking uh, vitamins and, and cheap off-label drugs. Makes perfect sense. But the, the profit yeah. motive for Moderna, Pfizer, uh, no, it's these guys are the same publication. I had some other examples of their journalism. BioNTech looks beyond Pfizer COVID-19 shot with a new pill or whatever. Lawrence COVID-19 pill fails phase two, but data helps develop other products. Yeah. So anyway, kind of interesting. Pfizer earned $19 billion in the second quarter of this year. (laughs) Second quarter. They're saying, oh, look at these all the thousands of physicians in total quote made 15 million dollars in profit but that's that's the same i've seen those same websites claim uh andrew wakefield is disingenuous because he stands to profit off of the anti-vaccine claims that he has yeah it's him and some other anti-vaxxers that sell yeah, so pro-vaccine for the actual pharma companies, no profit motive can be factored in at all because it's just all wonderful. But well, if you're anti-vax, it's all day. for the money. Yeah, I heard a great argument the other day, Andrew. Yeah. So sit back, prepare to have your mind blown. Yeah. This was an art. This was a uh, an argument, a Twitter or Reddit or forum. I don't even remember where what baloney or where I saw this. One person says, I think the vaccine makers are just playing us all for profit. And the person responded to him, don't give me the profit motive. They're doing it for the greater good. The vaccines are free anyway. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you knew this, Andrew. Free anyway, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, Andrew, but you can go down right now and get yourself a vaccine. Not a penny. Don't need yeah. to pay a penny. They'll give uh, it to you. As a matter of fact, the government will buy it for you. They'll pay you. Yeah, and that proves there's no profit motive. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's, uh, you that's didn't pay any money. With. So this is not usually show material, but uh, this is posted on the Oregonians website. Uh, Jessica Berg Wilson obituary, and relevant oh. to both of our locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the actual obituary here. Uh, Jessica Berg Wilson, October 29th to 1983, two so younger than both of us, September 7th, 2021. Jessica Berg Wilson, 37, of Seattle, Washington, passed away unexpectedly September 7th, 2021, from COVID-19 vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, or BITT, surrounded by her loving family. Jessica was an exceptionally healthy and vibrant 37-year-old young mother with no underlying health conditions. Jessica was born October 29, 1983 to Arthur and Gwen Berg in Portland, Oregon. 
She attended Riverdale grade school, graduated from Jesuit High School in 2002, earned a BA from Oregon State University in 2007. After college, she had a successful career in human resource management and devoted her free time to numerous volunteer causes. She met Tom, her loving husband, in 2009, and they wed in 2012, going on to have two daughters, Bridget and Clara, five and three years old. Jessica fully embraced motherhood, sharing her passion for life with her daughters. Jessica's motherly commitment was intense with unwavering determination to nurture her children to be confident, humble, responsible, and have concern and compassion for others with high morals built on faith. Jessica's greatest passion was to be the best mother possible for Bridget and Clara. Nothing would stand in her way to be present in their lives. During the last weeks of her life, however, the world turned dark with heavy-handed vaccine mandates. Local and state governments were determined to strip away her right to consult her wisdom and enjoy her freedom. She had been vehemently opposed to taking the vaccine, knowing she was in good health and of a young age and thus not at risk for serious illness. In her mind, the known and unknown risks of the unproven vaccine were more of a threat. But slowly, day by day, her freedom to choose was stripped away. Her passion to be actively involved in her children's education, which included being a room mom, was once again blocked by government mandate. Ultimately, those who closed doors and separated mothers from their children prevailed. It cost Jessica her life. It cost her children the love and embrace of their caring mother. And it cost her husband the sacred love of his devoted wife. It cost God's kingdom on earth a very special soul who was just making her love felt in the hearts of so many. Along with being a superb mother, Jessica was a devoted and supportive wife and created a beautiful, serene home for her family to thrive in while establishing her family in the wonderful Laurelhurst and Assumption St. Bridget communities of Seattle. Jessica and Tom are a remarkable team who prioritize family values and morals and their Catholic faith. Uh, goes on. There was anyway. So a nice Catholic lady, and she doesn't want the vaccine. Did, did and she, she's in Seattle. Sorry. It's like can, can I can I interrupt just for a yeah. sec? Laurelhurst. Yeah. She's she's wealthy. Yeah. Somebody somebody's mad. Yeah, well, some somebody's super mad about this. Yeah, I would. It seems like probably her, either her parents or husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that this is what I've, I've said previously. When you start mandating it, now you're having people who don't want it and have heard about bad effects, right? These people and their families are not going to just oh, just coincidence. They're not going to be as easy to fool. You're going to have these people like these aren't your early, early March and April, you know, February yeah. <laughs> vaccine. These aren't the first first in liners. Yeah. The I don't care what's in the needle. Shoot me up with it. Um, so this is. I think we're going to see more of this if they keep pushing these mandates. Uh, I thought Twitter's reaction was interesting. So they've people were sharing this obituary. And they flagged it as misinformation and made it so you couldn't sh- you couldn't uh, retweet it. You could still quote tweet it, but you couldn't comment. You couldn't like you couldn't retweet it. Hmm. And that then caused such a reaction that they ended up unflagging it. And yet I'm pretty sure they they were still manipulating the traffic on it, but more of like a shadow ban thing than an overt censorship. But this is 
you know, like <laughs> there's still, I'll bet you, uh, we'll still hear talking points saying zero deaths, no deaths from the vaccine, even though there's um, like the Steve, what is it? Steve Fersh? I forget the guy's last name. But anyway, Kirsch. Kirsch. Yeah. Over 200,000 as of a couple weeks ago um, and counting. So. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think we should wrap it up and we can do that because, you know, she may have suffered from these mysterious rise in heart attacks from block arteries. Yeah, this, this article from the, the Times uk health experts have been baffled by a big rise in a common and potentially fatal type of heart attack in the west of Scotland. Huh, they're baffled. So strange. Yeah, I wonder what that could be. Yeah, this is... I mean, it's out there. If you've got eyes to see, you see it. And it's... You know, we'll, we'll talk more about... Um, I guess what what to do about it. You know, you don't want us for financial advice, but I I have to say, if you go back to our early shows, pandemic saying, get outside, get some sunshine, make sure you get plenty of vitamin C, vitamin D. They, I don't think many people had negative effects if they did what we had said was a good idea. Andrew, are you even a doctor? I'm, I'm literally not a doctor. Bro. Why are you giving people health advice? If if I'm uh, going to pretend to be anything and be a dietitian, but I'm not actually a dietitian either. <laughs> but but gi- give me the dietitians any day over the doctors, over the MDs. So. Absolutely. Okay. We had such a positive show, and now we're ending it on such a negative vibe. Do you have any possible word words of wisdom for us? Um, no, the, I, I did have a couple things jotted down, but not, not very positive because it was in the midst of my prepping the, um, the Francis Collins stuff. So not have, do you have any happy wisdom or, or positive, happy thoughts? We're all about happy thoughts, Tim. Facebook whistleblower donated 36 times to Democrats, including anti-primary extremists and AOC. <laughs> you know, you you had posted a uh, I actually had that in the folder and then took it off. But oh. um, in Instapaper, you had that Andrew Torba deal. That was really yeah. good. Yeah. The silent Christian succession. Uh, I think succession. Thank Not you. Succession. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a <laughs> like like the one, map with like the Greater Canada, the United <laughs> States of Canada, and Jesus Land. <laughs> Which you know, what, oh, so if you want to see Christian nationalist propaganda, there it is. You got <laughs> Jesus Land, everything except the West and East Coast, and. Uh, United States of Canada with Oregon, <laughs> Washington, California, uh, Michigan and Minnesota and all of Canada. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Let me, should we read this? Yeah. You want, uh, you, let's see. one, 
You want to do it? Sure. All right. mean, it is a, a happier note to end on. Yeah. I'm reading from your screen, though, so don't. Oh, gosh. How are you going to read from my screen, bro? Oh, I can read from your screen. Just don't scroll all over the place. But the ADD, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to pay attention. Here we go. All right. And this came from a a few months ago, but still more than relevant from February 1st, actually. Silent Christian Secession, uh, Andrew Torba, the head of Gab. Over the course of the past week, Gab has been deplatformed by one of our banks, a business we are working with to source new server hardware, third-party infrastructure analysis software, and even our accountant. This isn't anything new for us. We've been deplatformed by 25 plus service providers, including both app stores, PayPal, dozens of payment processors, hosting providers, email services, and more. When this happens, I rejoice and praise God because I know that He is working to separate the wheat from the chaff. This deplatforming inevitably reforms Gab into an even more resilient community, business, and platform. We don't just sit around and whine when these things happen, we immediately get to work. We aren't victims, we are builders. And he's got a, a, a tweet in here from Dustin Benji. I might say his, have said his last name wrong. The little, or it's not a tweet, sorry. It's a gab. The little pockets of early Christians survived because they cared exclusively for the love of the, the brethren and stopped their ears to the opinion of pagan society all around them. And that's a C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis quote. Personally, I don't believe the common Christian mantra to be in the world, not of the world, means giving the money to our enemy, or means giving the enemy our money, time, and data. This has got to stop right now. John fifteen nineteen. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, I, but I chose you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. I am in the process of transitioning every part of my financial expenses to support Christian businesses, Christian media companies, Christian content creators, and Christian people. I'm done giving money to the enemy and funding the destruction of our country and values. I encourage everyone else to do the same. If they are not serving God, they are serving Satan, and I'm simply not going to fund that activity. Deeply examine the businesses, brands, and media companies you currently support both financially and with your time. If they are virtue-signaling critical theory nonsense or owned by demons, you should immediately stop paying them and using their services. At this point, we have no choice but to build our own everything. That starts by supporting those who are already building and sharing our, and share our values. It's not about simply building our own social networking platforms anymore. It's about building our own Christian economy, one without cancer culture, one that doesn't embrace the d- demonic and degenerate cult religion of critical theory. Critical theory, or cultural Marxism, the cult of social, social justice, etc., is a fraudulent, vapid, and pathetic subversion of well-meaning Christian churches and Christian values in general. It lures decent God-fearing people into practicing a false and demonic pseudo-religion designed to accelerate their spiritual and literal demise. It preys on the malleable minds of our youth. It enslaves those who practice it and seeks to destroy those who do not. It is a demonic imitation gospel and most certainly not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It must be mocked, shunned, and rebuked by all Christians. Now is not the time to sleepwalk through history on this subject. We must know the enemy's fake gospel better than they know it themselves so we can lead others away from it and towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talk to your kids about these things. Homeschool them if at all possible. Cut the cable cord. Delete the the big tech apps 
from their phones and your own. We have a lot of work to do. But remember that we have the creator of the universe on our side. Through him, all things are possible. I was talking about some of these things with a friend of mine this morning, and she used a term that made a lot of sense to me, the silent secession. At the moment, the secession is largely digital and economic, not geographical, but perhaps that will change at some point in the future. I, for one, am in full support of Jesus land. (laughs) We talked about that map. America is a is a Christian nation. Well, I would disagree with you there, but um, the foundation of Western civilization itself is built on Christianity and more specifically on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. That is more accurate. The second that changed is the second the destruction began. Our Christian kindness and tolerance have fueled our own destruction and have been weaponized against us. Tolerance is not a Christian virtue. We are commanded to hate that which is evil not to fund it and give our time to it. We have naively believed that pagans and others would not cut us down the moment they got into power, as we are seeing unfold before our eyes over the past few decades. Lesson learned. A tough one to learn, but one that has been learned many times throughout history. First John 2.15 Do not love the world nor the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's time to start ad- adhering to this biblical standard. Yeah, I'd- you know, I agree with about 98% of that. And yeah. The, you know, the, it's funny because we talked about this a little bit last year, but, you know, uh, this podcast, which featured mainly deconstruction of, of war propaganda, it was mainly yeah, anti-war. Yeah. We did police brutality and we did America is not a Christian nation. It was like a majority of our our topics. Uh, I think we were on board. We were on point with all those things, but we may have been missing the uh, behemoth uh, pharmaceutical <laughs> industrial complex that was built up around us. Um, and now we're left like, well, you know, America isn't a Christian nation. I don't mm-hmm. think Benjamin Franklin was a Christian. I don't think that the, all the founding fathers were Christian or founded it on Christianity. Right. However, it has benefited greatly from the when, salt and from the salt and light of Christianity being able to be practiced without any kind of discrimination within its borders. Well, and the reason that they had to be portrayed as Christians is because most of the rest of the population was actually Christians. Yeah. And so you didn't have a future in politics if you, you know, Openly talked about your good times at the Hellfire Club, like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. I knew yeah. you were going to say. I was even thinking about cracking a joke about the Hellfire Club. Yeah. So you know, there's. <clears throat> it's not that. Yeah, I I agree. It's not that we were wrong about those things, or that I'm fully on board with the Andrew Torba version of history. Uh, but I think he's 100% right with the, man, it's time to build their own stuff. And it's time to stop feeding the enemy with your with your money and time. Graphino you know, S. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think my I think my days on Twitter are numbered, at least yeah. as far as the, the app. I think it's, you know, I think I could delete it and not think about it at this point. Um, but I can see missing it a little bit, so it's probably time to delete it. 
You could take over the Revelations Radio News Twitter. That way I wouldn't have an access to it. And I don't have it on my phone. It's only the yeah. on the desktop situation. So yeah. you could delete yours and take over this one. Yeah, there's there's probably no no need for Twitter. Yeah. Got, no, I do like No Agenda Social. And uh, I should, yeah, I should spend a little more time on Gab. Apparently. All right. Well, uh, yeah, without any further ado, I guess we'll get out of here. Be sure to uh, remember the Facebook was down for six hours and there is a plot to destroy the world. But there is a, a there is peace found in God and in your family and in loving those around you and uh, talking to them face to face, not texting. So yes. try to do that. Yeah. Amen to that. This is, it's a good positive note to end on. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. <laughs>